again, everybody, and welcome to the Worship Made Personal podcast. I hope you all have had an amazing week, and I'm looking forward to sharing today's episode with you all. Now, before we dive into the episode, let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much, God, that you allow us to worship you. Thank you, Lord, that you invite us to glorify you and to enjoy glorifying you. Thank you for the joy and the peace and the wonder that you give us while we're spending time with you in your presence. Now, would you please anoint this podcast today? And would you please speak to our hearts through the worship song today? In Jesus' name, amen. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. So for today's podcast episode, we are going to be diving into the worship song, Great I Am, by Phillips, Craig, and Dean. I'm super excited for today's episode. Now before we get into the song, if you have not heard this song yet, I strongly recommend that you go listen to it now. There is a link in the description of this episode that will take you to a YouTube video of the song. Also, if you want to be looking at the lyrics of the song as you listen to this podcast episode, there is a link in the description of this episode for the lyrics as well. I strongly recommend you listen to the song first before listening to this podcast episode. That way you can truly understand what's going on and get all that you can out of this episode. Now, God bless, and let's enjoy this episode together. So the first part of the song that we're going to analyze is verse 1. It says, I want to be close, close to your side, so heaven is real and death is a lie. I want to hear voices of angels above singing as one. The first scripture that comes to my mind is James 4, 8. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. That applies to the first two lines of verse one, which says, I want to be close, close to your side. So heaven is real and death is a lie. I'm thankful for the promise that James expresses here, where he says, if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. You know, in the latter part of this verse says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. It astonishes me that when we draw near to God, it's okay if we are unclean, And if we are impure or if we are dirty with sin, because Jesus accepts us as we are. He just invites us to draw near to him and then he draws near to us. And as we draw near, as he draws near to us, he cleanses us. And that is such a beautiful thing. 
He cleans us. And he invites us into the process also of as we draw closer to him, he invites us to also work on cleaning ourselves up too. We get to clean our hands. We get to purify our hearts. And we get to draw near to him and seek after him and glorify him. Why? So that heaven is real and death is a lie. Because when we're not close to God, we're living in death. When we're not close to God, we feel dead. And so because of that, it's so crucial that we draw near to him. Without God, we cannot experience heaven. Which, what is the best thing about heaven? God. So as long as you are experiencing God, and as long as you're near to God, then you are experiencing a taste of heaven. Heaven is real to you because you know God. And so let's draw near to God so that he will draw near to us. And let's take all of our yuckiness and immorality and ugliness before him and let him cleanse us. The latter parts of James 4.8 says, Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Double-minded means that we are splitting in multiple directions. Whether that is with our heart, whether it's our focus, whether that's our thought process, whether that's our loyalties, our obedience. And I know from experience, being a double-minded person is miserable. It is absolutely miserable to have my mind and my being pulled in multiple directions. It's painful and it's confusing and it's ugly. So one of the best things about drawing near to God and him drawing near to us is the fact that we then come into a single mind with him and his will and his purpose. We are no longer chasing after just pointless and confusing things that whatever it is in life that's pulling us in multiple directions. We are then have a singular focus towards him. And when we're singularly, singularly focused towards him, we feel so much more complete and whole. And not only that, we truly feel like we have a purpose in him. So draw near to God today. The next scripture that comes to my mind is Revelation 5 verses 8 through 11. It says, And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Side note, I think it's super cool that our prayers, the prayers of the saints, are like incense, like a pleasant aroma to God. That's super cool. So just remember, anytime you're praying, it's pleasing to God. Just remember that. Sorry, now I'm going to resume this scripture. It says, And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. 
for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands. I love music. In fact, growing up, I was always the choir nerd. I love singing and I love music. And can I just say, I cannot wait to hear what thousands and thousands of angels sound like. I mean, because human voices sound awesome. I can't even imagine what angel voices sound like. Like, woo, can't wait for that. Can't wait. Super excited. That scripture passage ties into the latter part of verse one that says, I want to hear voices of angels above singing as one, which is just draws back to the whole thing from James 4, 8, drawing near to God. And that if we draw near to God, then we'll get to go to heaven and we will get to hear angels. And just as I mentioned earlier, how we are in one mind with God when we're near to him, so are the angels. And when we're in heaven someday, the saints and the angels, we're all going to be in one mind glorifying King Jesus together. And I think that's so awesome. And what is the best part about that? Being close to God. So let's draw near to God today. I love the chorus of this song. It's so cool how, as you see, we're about to proclaim who the Lord is. The chorus says, Hallelujah, which if you remember, Hallelujah literally means praise God. It means hallowed is your name, God. Hallowed is your name, Yah, because Yah is another name for God. So we're saying hallowed is your name, Yah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Holy, holy, God almighty, great I am. Who is worthy? None beside thee. God almighty, great I am. The first passage that comes to my mind is Exodus 3, 13 through 15. It says, Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. This passage of scripture is a very crucial part to understanding the Old Testament. Because this is where the Lord is establishing relationship 
with the Israelites who were slaves in Egypt. And he is reminding them of his goodness and who he is. In his name right here, when he says, I am who I am, he is literally promising them deliverance through his name. Why? Because he loves them. Because he is who he is. God is a God of deliverance. And so therefore he's promising right here that he will deliver them because he cannot not be a deliverer. God is a deliverer simply because that's who he is. And so he is promising them deliverance. But he's not just promising them deliverance. He's promising them to be everything that he is to them, for them, all the time. God is promising to always be himself, which the Lord is the best of the best of the best of the best there is. He's literally perfect. Nothing is perfect except for God. And he's promising to be perfect for them. He's promising to be faithful. He's promising to be love for them even when they are unfaithful and don't treat him with love. He's promising to just simply be himself. And that's the best of the best that we can ask of God is just for him to be him. Because when he acts as himself, like he always does, that's when our lives change. And that's when our circumstances change. That's when we're taken out of slavery and into freedom. Just like the Israelites were. God is reminding the Israelites here of who he is. Not just so they can remember his name and praise him. But also so that they can have personal relationship with him. He's inviting them to know him more. And he's not just inviting them to know his name. He's inviting them to know who he is in the core of his being. Because through this name, he's literally just saying, I am who I am. So he's inviting them to just simply enjoy who he is. God is so personal and he makes, his no, his, he makes himself known to the Israelites here. And he makes himself known to us as well. At the end of this passage, the Lord says, This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. All generations includes you and me, folks. It really does. I am a part of all generations, and so are you. So what are we commanded to do here? We are commanded to remember who God is and to call him by who he is. He is the great I am. There is so much power and strength in this because God is ultimate power and strength. Beyond what we can even imagine, God is not limited in his power at all. So through his name, He's literally basically saying, I am unlimited. Anything good that could 
ever exist is in me. That's what he's saying. And that's the truth. Later in the Bible, it says, every good and perfect thing comes down from the Father. Well, and why is that? Because he is who he says he is. And God is who he says he is, even when we're unfaithful. I am so thankful for that because there are so many times that I am unfaithful, but God is still who he says he is. He's still the I am that I am. Even when I change and fluctuate and my heart is nasty towards him, he still is nothing but goodness, simply because that's who he is. He's the great I am. It's so, so wonderful. The next verse that comes to my mind is Revelation 4:11. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Why is he worthy to receive glory and honor and power? Simply because he is who he is. There's not one human on the planet besides Jesus who ever was who they needed to be all the time, except for Jesus. Because of that, the Lord is worthy. He is worthy. We are not. He is worthy to receive all glory and honor and power. He created all things. He is above all things. And by his will, everything exists and was created in him. And as the great I am, he is over all things. Remember that. The next scripture that comes to my mind is 2 Samuel 22, verse 4. It says, I call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. The God that we worship isn't just a God who is consistent with who he is all the time. He is also a God who is personal and loves us and wants to deliver us and save us. Because he is so personal, He allows us to call upon him. And what happens when we call upon him? Just as the end of this verse says, it says, I am saved from my enemies. Why am I saved from my enemies? Because God is the great I am and he is above all things. I have faced many enemies in my life. Most of them created by my own darkness and sin. By the desires of my flesh and the selfishness of my heart that has strayed from God time and time again. But I call upon the Lord and he saves me every single time. And because of that, he's worthy to be praised. He is my savior. Therefore, I praise him. He is your savior. Therefore, praise him. Remember that on our own, we are not naturally worthy to be in God's presence or to have relationship with him or to praise him. Yet because Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose from the grave three days later, he makes us into new creations. And because of that, then he makes us worthy to praise him. But not only that, because we are new creations in him, he makes us to reflect him. Every single attribute about God that we love because he is the great I am because he is who he says he is 
he's placed every single one of those attributes of his amazing character and his identity inside of us as well as we are now adopted into his kingdom as his new creations as his sons and daughters we are not god and we are not worthy of the praise he deserves only he is but he makes us in his image simply so that we can enjoy him we can live in his being and we can enjoy living as beings created in him so when we're proclaiming in this chorus hallelujah holy holy god almighty the great i am who is worthy none beside thee god almighty the great i am remember who he is and who he is inside of you Next in our list is verse 2. It says, I want to be near, near to your heart, loving the world, hating the dark. I want to see dry bones living again, singing as one. The first scripture that comes to my mind is Romans 13 verse 12. It says, The night is almost gone, and the day is near. Therefore, Let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. The scripture ties into the beginning of verse 2, which says, I want to be near, near to your heart, loving the world, hating the dark. Romans 13, 12 is encouraging us here. It is telling us, you know, that the darkness doesn't last forever. Light has its victory. And who is light? Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world and he always has his victory. He never loses. The Lord has never lost a battle and he never will. So Romans 13:12 is encouraging us to look for the dawn because because it is coming. It encourages us to lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Why? Well, because darkness cannot be near to Jesus. God is light, therefore darkness cannot exist around him. So therefore, if we want to be close to Jesus, we have to lay down the dark things of our lives and the darkness in our hearts. We have to crucify the sins of our hearts. And we have to put away our selfish desires. And we have to put on the armor of light. And we have to be light so that we can be close to Jesus, so that we can be like him. But not just that, so that we can glorify him and fight for his kingdom. Because how do we glorify him and fight for his kingdom? Just like it says here in Romans 13, 12, we lay aside the deeds of darkness and we put on the armor of light. So, therefore, fight the darkness today and put on the armor of light and be close to the Lord. The next scripture that comes to my mind is Ezekiel 37, Verses 1 through 14. It says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, 
and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied there was a sound, and behold a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone, and I looked, and behold there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord, when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. That is a long passage of scripture, but it ties directly into the latter part of verse 2 of this song. The latter part of verse 2 says, I want to see dry bones living again, singing as one. Just as the Israelites are described here in Ezekiel, you know, they were dry bones, but the Lord gave them life. He brought their dry bones to life and he breathed his living breath into them. He gave them life, he gave them joy, he gave them land, he gave them purpose. And he does the same for us. I was dead. I was a sinner. I was nothing but dry bones. But the Lord raised me to life. And he put his breath in me. He put his being in me. He's made me into a new creation, just like the bones here in Ezekiel. And he's created me with purpose. He's given me land in that he's given me the land of my life to go and live and conquer. And he's created me to be a light of life, just like he is. And he does the same for you. And so I encourage you, if you have not become a new creation in Jesus Christ, do that today, because you don't know which day may be your last. And Personally, I want every day to experience the life of God, and so should you. So, another part 
of being followers of Jesus is we bring the light and the life of Jesus to others. There are tons of people in our world who are nothing but dry bones right now. And they feel dead and, and they feel like dry bones. So let's take the word of the Lord to them. Let's take the gospel to them so that they can be raised to life as well. And so that just as the beginning of verse 2 says, so that they can be near to God's heart, just as we are near to God's heart. And so therefore that we can love the world, we can hate the dark, and we can be lights, and we can be warriors for God's kingdom by putting on the armor of light, just like Romans 13, 12. God raises us into new life and brings us closer to Him. And we live and we glorify Him in true life. And we can only find true life in Him. Remember that today. Lastly, we will analyze the bridge. It says, The mountains shake before him. The demons run and flee. At the mention of the name King of Majesty, there is no power in hell or any who can stand before the power and the presence of the great I Am. The great I Am. This bridge just overflows in talking about the power of God. How it talks about the mountain shaking and the demons running in fear. You know, simply at the at the mention of his name. He is the king of majesty. He is the great I am. There's no power in hell that can overthrow him or anywhere else because of his power in the presence as the great I am. The first scripture that comes to my mind is Psalm 97 verse 5. It says, the, mount, the mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The scripture speaks to the first line of the bridge, which says, the mountains shake before him. God is so powerful that even something as immovable as a mountain shake before him, and the mountains melt like wax before the Lord because of his glory and his power and his might. That also means the mountains of our own lives shake before the Lord. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord. The mountains of our own lives tremble before the Lord. All we have to do is speak the Lord's name into our battles. And the mountains of our lives can't help but shudder in fear and shake before him. The next scripture that comes to my mind is James 2.19. It says, You believe there is one God? Good for you. Even the demons believe, and they shudder. This verse is talking about how some people feel like it's okay to just believe that there's a God, and that that will get them to heaven and get them close to God. Well, that's not the case because this verse says, you know, well, good for, good for them. Even the, even the demons know that there's one God and they shudder before him. To be with Jesus, we have to have a personal relationship with him. We can't just say, oh yeah, I know there's a God. We have to pursue a relationship with him. And this 
scripture just ties into the bridge where it talks about the demons run and flee at the mention of the name King of Majesty, the Great I Am. Demons are scary and they can affect a lot in our lives and they can bring darkness and evil and death. Isn't it hopeful that we know that even something as scary as demons and Satan, they shudder at the name of the Lord. All the Lord has to do is be himself and they tremble before him. Spiritual warfare is a real thing. There are two forces constantly fighting in this world, especially for our hearts, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And I am thankful that we have a king, the king, the king of light, for the kingdom of light, who is infinitely more powerful than the forces in the kingdom of darkness. All they do is that they have to hear his name and they shudder in fear. It is important that we also respect the sovereignty and the might and power of our Lord. It is great and most amazing that we get to have personal relationship with him and that we get to know him intimately and he knows us intimately. But let us never, ever take for granted or forget who he is as God in his power and his might. Let us be humble in his presence and let us worship him as the king of light who makes the forces of darkness shudder. The last scripture that comes to my mind is Romans 8 verse 31. It says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? This scripture speaks to the end of the bridge where it says there's no power in hell or any who can stand before the power and the presence of the great I am. If God is for us, who can be against us? Not Satan, not hell, and they are the most powerful forces of darkness. So, and all darkness stems from them. So even if ultimate darkness can't be ultimate light, then that means the light wins every time because it's God and nothing can stand against our God because just like we proclaimed in this bridge he makes the mountain shake before him the demons run and flee and they shudder before him simply at the mention of his name king of majesty the great I am there's no power in hell or any who can stand before the power and the presence of the great I am and why is all of this possible because our Lord is the great I am. It's simply who he is. He is who he is, and he is above all things. He is the Lord. Now let us respect him and revere him and worship him and be in awe of him as who he is, as the great I am. Let us be thankful that the great I am invites us to have personal, ongoing 
relationships with him, no matter what we've done, no matter what we do, he's always chasing after us. Let us always chase after him. So let us have a very healthy relationship with God where we honor and respect his sovereignty as the great I am and we also enjoy personal intimate relationship with the God, the King of the universe, who is most powerful of all, the great I am. y'all all enjoyed today's podcast. As we exit this podcast and go into our days, let's just remember and be thankful for who God is. He is the Lord above everything, the great I am. As you go about your day, soak in his presence and meditate on the fact that the greatest being in the entire universe, the Lord, the King above everything, wants relationship with you. When I remember who God is, I feel really, really small compared to Him because He is greater than anything I could ever imagine. Yet he still wants you and me. He still desires relationship with us. So as we go into our day, let's be in awe of who he is. Be thankful for who he is and pursue a wonderful relationship with him today. I pray blessings over you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I hope y'all enjoyed today's podcast. Go out and have a wonderful day glorifying our King, Jesus.